Yo, what's up, people? It's the Solar Kid, and this is the Other Side of the Sun podcast, and we have the lovely Olivia Louise. Say hi. Hi. Hello there. Aloha. <laughs> Olivia Louise is a singer-songwriter and based in Chester, in the north. And um, yeah, I've known Olivia for a couple of years. Uh, performed with you. We worked on a track together. But uh, more specifically, um, yeah, I just wanted to have a chat about some things that I know that you, would you call yourself a feminist? Absolutely. I don't shy yeah. away from the word. Yeah. Yeah, I struggle with, the, I struggle like with women who are reluctant to call themselves feminists. Like it's a bad word. Mm. Like I feel like, like so many negative connotations have been attached to feminism being like man haters, like these angry women. It's like, <laughs> I'm not a feminist, yeah, because I know what it means to be a feminist. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I, I was slightly apprehensive about saying it, but like, you shouldn't really feel no way about being a feminist. Like, and I was talking yeah. to my wife, um, the definition of it, and like, I suppose it does get obscured quite a lot, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I think you know when you break it down, feminism is just you know inequality and. And also, you know, within the structures that harm women, men are harmed within them structures as well. So it's ultimately working for, like, just a more holistic approach for everybody. And I think it's been twisted and turned into this narrative where women hate men and they want one up on men. It's like, no, actually, we just want men to stop killing us and, <laughs> and raping us and also stop killing themselves. Because male suicide is, like, through the roof. So, yeah, it gets misconstrued a lot. No, definitely. I mean, that that was my my opinion about it. Well, basically, is just that equality, you know, having the same pay structures, being respected in the same way. And like for a long time, I used to say that God is a woman just to kind of challenge the perception of men, you know, because yeah. it seems to be geared towards he and father and, you know, this kind of thing. Whereas um, I've always felt like the woman should be i think i read a story once where like in ancient times women were in charge and the men used to do all the hunting and stuff and the women used to strategize and yeah i read that in a history book once as well because there's always this argument that like men have always been like physically physically like uh, stronger and that's a lot of people have always thought but when i read um i read like this book called the history of women and it showed back like you know before christ like so long ago where they like studied the bone mass of women and it was like equal, absolutely equal, if not in some cases stronger than, than men's bone mass back then. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like uh, me and my wife watched a documentary a few years ago where in, I think it was Portsmouth or Southampton in the school where they kind of did this experiment over about six months and they allowed kids to play with different toys. And they, they specifically gave boys you know, like sewing and crafts, and they gave the girls like Meccano. Did you ever see that one? No, but I've heard of studies like it, yeah. But in the end, I mean, they basically, and I mean, they, they allowed the girls to play football and like they, they, they let the guys do other things, more nurturing things. And like the way the interaction between the kids changed after these six months was so amazing. And also mm -hmm. the compassion between the, the, the boys towards the girls and vice versa was amazing because, um, and this is the thing, like I was going to say, is basically like, when you're growing up, the guys don't want the the, the 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 girls to play football. You know, I mean, they're like they don't want you to play. 
But the reason why the girls are not good is literally because from the ages of two, three, four, up until the ages of 12, they don't get the chance to play. You know, essentially yeah. so they just gravitate to others. It's not like they can't play or they're not strong enough or they won't get strong enough. It's literally because... It's not um, encouraged. You yeah. know, like, it's not... It, like, that... I mean, sports as a whole, I feel like, has a very male-dominated narrative. Mm. Um, and I again, I feel like it's because that physical element is not encouraged as much in women. It's the same reason we have more mechanics and we know that women can't... Women can do this work. It's not that they can't do it. Um, but, yeah we're not encouraged to explore those sides of ourselves as much. And in the same way that men aren't encouraged to explore the, the more feminine sides, you know, uh, ballet, if a, if a ballet, he's kind of stigmatized, looked at sideways a little bit. Why? It's like, we are fact, ballet's, ballet's really strong as well, isn't it? You can't have strength for ballet, so. Tupac did ballet. <laughs> who, who did ballet? Tupac. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, you go. that's it. Yeah. Tupac, ballet, did acting, and theatre, all of that. Nice, I'm here for it. So, you know, when you you have sometimes thought about God being a woman, so are you religious in that sense? Then, would you describe yourself as religious? Um, so I used to do that just to challenge the narrative of people, but I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm, at the moment, I'm very into Eastern philosophy, but I've kind of always followed. I grew up Christian and read the Bible a couple of times. And then like kind of uh, in my early 20s, went off on a journey of self-discovery, reading about Taoism, Rastafarianism, Judaism. I just read whatever I could find on religions. And yeah. eventually got to a point where like pretty much all of them say the same thing. So like I kind of don't subscribe to one particular faith. I do yoga, yeah. I, I do meditation, I chant and stuff like that. But I mean, those are things that I just find work for me. But I wouldn't yeah. say I follow one particular dogma, you know. Kind of thing. I, I totally agree. I think I'm very similar myself. I, to be honest, I felt like at one point when I was younger, I really tried to get into Christianity mm-hmm. and I really tried to get the Bible. I really tried, but the older kind of I got, the more I started seeing that the messages in it, again, I think it was that whole... Um, I think it was the whole male dominance and women are the downfall of men, you know, Eve, like, I feel like it just made me think, I just was like, what? And it, it, kind of pushed, you. it pushed me away from it. I was like, nah. And some of the messages in there, I just was kind of like, would God really ask you to go and kill your brother? Like, I just wasn't, it just wasn't quite sitting right with me. So I did, like you have done, I kind of explored a lot of other different areas and kind of like found my own a spiritual system if you like so rather than perceiving like god as a i believe in like god as an energy yeah so it does it's kind of genderless mm. it's just like a spiritual force yeah that, i mean that's what i've always felt is that god wouldn't be woman or man you know like but i just used to enjoy saying that because like a lot of yeah. people would be offended you know challenging but, people yeah even with like books you know especially spiritual books or religious texts like they're not really supposed to be taken that seriously. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I said for myself, but I think they're not supposed to be taken literally. They're supposed to be as inspiration. And yeah. that's where the problem comes in. Yeah. Like, because this is how it is, and you're going to fucking hell if you don't believe this shit. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I just can't believe that any, any God who's supposed to love us is going to send us to hell anyway. Like, you know, 
if you can't forgive us, where are we going to hell? I'm just not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. So yeah, tell us a bit about um, younger Olivia. Like, what were you like? What was, uh, what was uh, Manny like back in the day? How did you get into music? And, uh, and, like, what was um, well, I have been, I started off writing poems. So I started writing poems when I was like, oh, I want to say like seven, eight. My, my, that was my first kind of like exploration with words that rhyme and kind of like understanding. And I remember I used to like read the inside of like my CD covers um, and see how songs were written out. So I'd see chorus, bridge, you know, verse, chorus, bridge. And that's how I learned the structure of a song. So I think I, I wrote my first, pardon? When you were seven. I must have been about eight by the time I started doing that because I wrote my first song when I was in year four. And I think you're about nine in year four. So I wrote my first song in year four and it was like fully structured. It had like three verses. It had a breakdown. It had bridge. It had chorus. Because I I'd literally studied the inside of these cases. I knew how to write write a song. I'm not saying they were any good. <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah, so I wrote No wonder you're so good though, man. Damn. <laughs> So yeah, but so I, well, I didn't do anything with it for so long. I just kind of used it as my own sort of personal space to kind of like then or say whatever I needed to say in my little ten-year-old brain. But it wasn't until um, it wasn't until like I was I think twenty or something that I went into studio for the first time. So it took me a long time of kind of building up to build the confidence because I didn't really feel like my voice was strong enough because mm. I have. You know, my voice is very delicate and very soft, and I just felt like there wasn't really maybe a space for that. Um, but now there's like so much, so many kind of. I mean, Alex Isley, like one of my favorite artists, really delicate, lovely voices out there. So, yeah, I, I started singing for some MCs, got right. into the studio. It happened that way. Yeah, I mean, your voice always when I when I first heard you, I kind of felt it was like some genetic Ico influence in there. Or, yeah, or, I love kind of, I mean, obviously yeah. that's before. Were really popular, isn't it? You got into? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I and I don't know how it is for you. I don't know, like obviously, how you feel about when you make music. But for me, like creating music or creating art, it's just like a language. I just feel like I used it as a tool for the things that I might have not necessarily been like brave enough to say out loud. It was kind of like I don't know whether that's cowardly or whether that's brave to, to do that. But I found it as my space to kind of give myself the confidence to say the things that I might not have found myself able to say in reality, if that makes sense. That took me a while to get there. Yeah. Oh, so your, your earlier stuff wasn't like that? Like, um, no, Well, some of the stuff that I wrote that I never put out was, but I was never brave enough to do that. I was, guess I was really worried about like what my parents might think. I was like, and then kind of like as I started to use music as a tool more like a, a healing tool for myself and I have you know in my life I've, I've, I've been through sexual trauma traumatic experiences so to be able to kind of reframe that and own it and empower it and embody it was really really like therapeutic and important to me yeah. I think music music and art is such an important like um form of catharsis especially if you're not like a you know like a recording artist or someone who just like and i feel that's why people who write poetry i mean i started with poetry as well and like starting with poetry was me working out my brain you know and like i used to put messages to my future self as well 
So like oh. I used to write and write and write and then I used to look back and read. And like, I mean, my very first poem that I wrote actually got published and that was like, okay, well, this is right. You're on the right path. And then I just, and then I actually um, became a performance poet. I used to perform with the band and that kind of thing. And that started my journey. But like, nice. Yeah. So like um, poetry is, is a good way of airing your, you know, this yeah. Just letting it out. So, I mean, um, you you talk about, uh, you know, traumatic experiences and stuff. Is that why, I mean, you're quite involved in kind of, I say, feminist movements or like, um, you know, helping uh, women go through these types of uh, issues and traumas? Yeah, I think that's something that I've really only found, like, the strength to do recently. It's like I'm 32 now and it's taken my whole life to get to this stage and sometimes I feel like was is this what my music has been doing has it been preparing me to mm. get to the where I can have these conversations that I would have never have dreamed that I could have had and I feel like the more the more that I was more honest in my music just generally talking about you know sex and just other things that women go through um the way that we're you know we're tired of the way that men treat us more women was just naturally gravitating me, not just women, men. I was having so many men being like, I'm learning things through your music. You know, I'm, I'm actually learning here. Mm. And so the more that I realized that people were really engaging with what I had to say, I'm like, okay, well, let me say something that means a little bit more now. Um, so the next project that I'm actually working on, that I'm putting out, um, is called Process. And it does heavily center around trauma. It's not kind of all about trauma, but it centers around uh, the aftermath of it and the recovery of it and the healing process. Um, so, so yeah, that's given me the confidence to kind of be like, I want to do more outside of music now because putting it in music is great and people are connecting and it's fantastic. But what can I, how can I live with more purpose and more intention mm. outside of well? So that's the kind of path that I feel like I'm slowly going down. Would you say that is because of um, like what's been happening recently with the lockdown or were you already on that path? Before? I was already starting to get towards that path especially after the me too movement i think that really uh, really created a shift in me um i've never seen anything like that in my life you know so many women and it's like i know so many women who have been through things like since since like high school days you know we've we've all known the things that we go through but i've never seen women um, and men publicly speak about their experiences so when that happened i woke up and i just was on my timeline like me too me too me too my i just cried i was like wow this is and then i was like can i say it too am i allowed to <laughs> and i think i vomit and i think i did and i think i wanted to throw up because i just felt so like um exposed <laughs> and it still feels a bit like that sometimes now you know i i put a song out recently um called disappointed and I worked with like a lot of survivors on a visual for that. And um, I did want to like run away and vomit a little bit after it because it's really scary sharing. No, sharing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, South Africa has one of the worst rape. Um, it's, it's one of the, like, it's basically, if not the rape capital of the world. Like, um, my cousin is an advocate for women's rights and for, um, she's a, a lawyer as well. Like, it's, it's ridiculous the amount. Yeah. Like women, they get raped there daily. You know? Yeah. So it is. It's a serious issue, and um, I mean, it's, it's good. People need to talk about these things, and people need to be more open about, you know, being able to express themselves, especially guys as well, man. Yeah. Like, toxic, toxic masculinity is 
I feel slowly changing. Um, the millennials are doing a good job of helping us elders kind of, you know, and I mean, for me, I say, I've kind of always been on that path anyway, changing. I've had to break loads of stereotypes and stuff coming from a very male-dominated society and, you know, growing up with that, boys don't cry and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you have to dominate, you have to be the man and you have to blah, 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 kind of thing. Um, but I feel that people are waking up, you know, more and yeah. more homophobia, all these types of phobias. That yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I definitely feel the shift. And when I was, when I was actually, um, you know, doing my project and I was doing like research um, into kind of like cases of abuse and, and things, this, the figures between like um, sexual abuse between me, um, girl and boys is so similar. Like I think it's like, it's one in four girls and it's one in six boys. Really? So, those, yeah, so 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 I'm thinking right, right. So I know so many. I mean, so many young girls. I mean, women now who was abused when they was girls, but I don't really have any guy friends who speak about it. Yeah, I know it must be happening because I've seen, I've done the research and I've seen the figures. So that makes me really sad. You know, there's a whole community of people out there who are kind of living with this silently. And when I put my project out, I actually had three guys come into my dms and was like yeah this has happened to me um all of them when they was boys all of them all of their abuse was by other men as well um and it was just kind of like they kind of was like i've never had an opportunity to really speak about it and i feel a bit nervous and that i felt i felt really sad that they've never had that opportunity up until now yeah yeah i had a, I had a friend who actually told me about some stuff that he was through he went through a lot of it's, it's really i suppose it's I don't know. I've, <laughs> I can understand why it's hard, you know, especially because you feel so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's traumatic. It's a trauma. Like you say, it's traumatic. Yeah. So provide these platforms. A friend of mine has started an online platform most recently talking about toxic masculinity, which I feel is really good. I mean, he's got a group of guys and they, they talk about this every week and stuff. And I've, I've noticed wow. that. You'll have to send me the link for that because um, that's right on my street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Women are allowed. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But I will. I will send you the. <laughs> I'll send you the link for this group, and uh, I'm sure it will be good to actually get. The... Oh, Excuse me. Did you say it was like a podcast or a group? Oh, it's a group. It's a group. He. Uh, just... Sorry, I thought you should totally do a podcast. Yeah. I wonder if he would actually. I'll, I'll mention it to him and uh, see if he's if he's into it. I mean, like, I haven't personally experienced it, but I do obviously feel that it's necessary to talk about these things. So yeah. your um, project, was it called the Me Too movement as well? Or? Oh, my project's called Process. Oh, Process. So for the, for the album. Yeah, yeah. That's called Process. Um, so that's currently what I've been working on at the minute. And I started off, like, a little side page at the minute as well for... Um, it's called All the Things I Couldn't Say. And it's for people. Yeah, it's like a space, you know, just to say as well that you don't have to speak out. There's no pressure to speak out. And you matter even if you are unable to to share your story. You still matter. So I created that page as well just to kind of coincide with I want the project to be more than just the music. I want it to be about something bigger as well. So um, just to, not off topic, but like... uh... How has this period been for you anyway? Like, how has your last eight months or so been? Um, I enjoyed it. I can't lie. <laughs> I, 
I've really enjoyed lockdown. I've enjoyed, I'm quite like a lone sort of wolf anyway. So I've enjoyed just working from home, being at home. However, I'm starting to kind of miss going, going out for food now and going for a night out. So yeah. kind of ready for the end, but I don't want to go back to work in an office anymore. <laughs> yeah. So are you working on changing that? Or? I just want to stay at home. Well, yeah, I'm not, there's no way they can get me back in the office now. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> No, no chance. I'm working from home forever. <laughs> oh my goodness! How have you found? Have Have you found it? Yeah, I mean it's tough when you have three kids. Um, we're lucky we have the space, and um, yeah, it's been it's been good. Like I said, I'm pretty similar to you. I'm a you know I, I don't really go out much. Like I'm an artist, so I chill. I'm in the studio, I'm mixing, and <laughs> most of the time, so. Lockdown wasn't really much of a, a change for me in that sense. <laughs> have you found yourself, have you been more creative? Or? I have, I wouldn't say more, but I feel like I've, I've, I've uh, finished more projects that I should have. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There were loads of things, I suppose, but that was because I was working. Like generally, Because obviously the nature of my business, I'm constantly doing things for other artists. Yeah. The records you know getting their stuff recording people people coming to the studio doing their stuff so i never really had much time to just focus on me yeah that allowed me that time yeah is that why you decided to did you start this during lockdown or has this been did you start this before so i started something similar before lockdown which was called the process as well oh wow um, that was about artists and their process and we basically got like two or three artists from different disciplines down to the studio and then we would chat about their different like processes of making music and then we'd have a jam and then come up with a song you know in the studio yeah and uh, we had two episodes and it was really good but then you know things happened and lockdown but this definitely is is because of lockdown and this is because i just feel like i wanted to explore other parts of me you know like my whole life has always just been focused on achieving this music and trying to do this and do that and you know oh. and um that's why it's called the other sides of the sun because being the sun child or the solar kid these are all you know i'm into so many things history art philosophy i love the name by the way i really love the name thank you <laughs> Dude, yeah. but yeah it's about everything and also like it, it's been such an amazing process so far because i've been able to get to know people what I find fascinating or interesting on a deeper level as well, not just on the, I'm not saying music is a surface level, but generally it's, it's all basic. Like when we used to chat, it always be about like, you know, the yeah. music or this or that or projects. Whereas now I'm really getting to know people and also their stories. When you, when you're an artist, you are to a large extent self-absorbed, you know, whether you choose to admit it or not, like you're, main focus is you and your art yeah you know, so this has allowed me to really get to know people you know yeah yeah I, I i like that and also i feel like it's it's true what you say you know you said you wanted to explore like other sides of yourself and things that you like or things that you're good at i just i found that over the years i have really limited myself to music and yeah. i've made it like feel and end up and I've made it my focus and if it's not going well I feel like I'm failing and it's like wait a second let me stop for a minute because I have put them limitations on myself yes I, I am good at music and yes I enjoy it but there's a whole other multitude of things that I'm passionate about that 
now that I'm getting older and now that I'm realizing that I'm starting to branch off and into those things as well, yeah. which is now. Yeah, because we, 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 we multifaceted beings, you know, I mean, like, we're not one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Even with music, like, I don't always do music every single day, you know, every waking minute. Like, I want to watch football, I want to read about ancient history, I'm into philosophy and art and science. And yeah. I mean, like, so, yeah, this, this podcast has really just been about that. And I'm talking to musicians, but then I'm also speaking to people from different disciplines and backgrounds and all walks of life as well. Like, cause I meet loads of people and I've always yeah. a person that gets along with many types of people. Mm-hmm. But this is not about me. This is uh, you. I'm talking to you today. So you, you, I like, I, yeah, I like, but I like questioning people as well. You know, I like, <laughs> like in. Up in the script here, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, like, in the same breath, I'm allowing people to really get to know me as a person because, like, I've shut that. I shut off myself for quite a few years. Went off mm-hmm. Facebook, you know, all that stuff. My Instagram was only music based, and now I just, I just don't have anything to hide, really, you know. Yeah. Mind talking about my family. I don't want to put on pictures and stuff. But I don't mind like discussing my personal. Stuff. Yeah, just a little, sharing a little bit more of yourself, but still in kind of like gentle, protective ways. Yeah, so you, you actually didn't answer your question a lot, like about um, the younger Olivia and like what. Okay, you, you explained how you got into music, but like, um, tell us a little bit something interesting about, uh, that you've been through when you were younger. Like, what was it like being a, a single mom and you know, navigating? Um, well, I guess I, I don't think, I don't know if I would have fully like had the confidence to go into music to be honest if I hadn't have done the experience of like motherhood and having to like to try and navigate that on my own because um I mean I was 18 when I when I found out I was pregnant and I'm lucky that I had a really supportive family um and at the time a really supportive partner so when when we separated and when I you know became a single mom that was difficult to transition into because I was at the same time I was at university and then I was uh, working and then I was getting into music. So I was trying to kind of juggle everything. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so it was hard trying to balance everything. But at the same time, I was like, I can do it. I've had a child. Like once you've, yeah. I've created a child, like I can totally go and create songs and like do this. So she really gave me that confidence to kind of push forward with that more as yeah. well. Even though it was hard juggling everything around, she totally gave you that confidence and she used to make me laugh I remember I went I went to a um a music award once and she was like is Katy Perry gonna be there I was like babe <laughs> no <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> so we laugh I was like she really has no concept of I, she knows mommy does music and she sees like mommy does music videos and in her head she'd like thought it was like LA like she's like is Katy Perry gonna be there Perry's not gonna be there mommy's not hitting it like that yet <laughs> yeah i'm trying i'm trying to explain to my daughter sometimes as well yeah um you used to do you had you had a podcast didn't you a few months ago or last year or something called in bed with or oh yeah so so um i've done a few episodes of in bed with and it's i've not like stopped it so it's just something that every now and again if i feel like there's something to say or i feel like there's somebody that i want to have a conversation with i'll do it what was that um, I'm um, in bed with started 
it's it wasn't supposed to be like a series of episodes. It started just with one IGTV that I did, um, just like in my bed on my own like this, um, about um, false. It was about false rape accusations. False because rape at the time, accusations. yeah, false rape accusations, and it was around the time of the Me Too conversation. So every every kind of um, person that I saw speaking out about their experiences of sexual assault, there was like a whole chorus of men behind them saying, "But women lie." about rape and men go to prison, you know, for false rape accusations. So I was like, okay, this is holding so much weight in the conversation. Let me just research, is this a problem? Is this, is this something that's like really affecting lots of people? So I went away, did my research and found out that false rape accusations were something like 0.001%, really, really minor. So I couldn't understand like why it was being used to silence real rape cases. Mm. And I'm like, that conversation is so important. But if the only time that you care about it, and if the only time that you want to talk about it is to shut women up or discount their stories, then do you really give a shit about it? Mm. That's, that's really sad, though. Really sad. Yeah, so that's, that's how it started. So I did a video on that. And then, and then, like, it got loads of engagement. So I thought, okay, let me do this again. And I brought my friend on, and we talked about online dating, and then we talked about, like, the anti-aging culture. Um, and it just kind of, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm definitely going to do some more of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy podcasting, and I enjoy watching podcasts as well. Like, you just, yeah. just feel like it, it brings people closer to each other, and also you just get to learn so much stuff. This is the thing. I feel like... I probably listen to like more podcasts than I do music these days. Yeah. And, and sometimes I, I listen to this podcast called On Being. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And the conversation that, that she, she, it's like Krista Tippett, her name is, she has different guests on. And sometimes I listen to it and I'm like, oh, you know, and you get like a shiver down your spine. I'm like, wow, that just really hit. And I have to go back and I have to then write the quote down. So I'm like, I need to remember that because yeah. that's amazing. And I'm learning new words and you're learning new ways of thinking and new, you know, new language. It's great. So uh, let me ask you this here, like um, just going back to the, the, the feminist thing. Um, so pro-feminism, feminism is, is pro-female movement, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about like, so a lot of your, like your music, personal music videos are quite uh, okay. Uh, how do you feel about women like portraying themselves? Do you feel it's empowering uh, for women to kind of dress sexy, like skimpy clothes, or is it the other the other way around? Is it is it demoralizing for women? Do you think it's empowering or not? I or feel like that is, it's subjective to the individual. I think, and um, so I I think anything that feels good to you that makes you feel more confident in the world is is empowering. So if if it empowers a woman to, you know, twerk in a bikini and she feels good and she feels great, then more power to her. Like I'm I'm not mad at it one bit. I think sometimes where the lines get blurred is between empowerment and objectification. Mm. And it's 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 sometimes hard for us as women to kind of take ourselves out of that line. Like am I empowered or am I Am I objectified or am I? And that is a lot of unlearning that, and, and things we should be able to, to move freely in our, in our expression. But because of the social constructs that have been put on us, the slut shaming, you know, the, the prudeness about how w- women should behave and how women should kind of 
even engage in sexual relationships has made us feel like, oh, you know, they should be ashamed of doing that. They're disrespecting themselves doing that, you know? Or is it is it a case of um, men just growing up then? But because, I mean, it's it's no secret that men are individual creatures. That's how we operate. We are like turned on immediately by the visual aspects of men. So obviously I'm not saying it's right for a man to just go and do whatever he please and touch on a woman or say this or do that or slut shame. But then I uh, not kind of, I don't know, like, because there's that debate about you tempting. I'm not saying it's right for a man to, you know, man still has to learn how to control his, his emotions and feelings. But like, it's it's weird. It's, it's such a weird, um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't even know. I that men need to disengage from the fact that women don't always do things for them. And I think when men see women in scantily clad clothes or, you know, they're, they're like maybe all screaming whack, you know, they're screaming wet ass pussy and they're twerking there. Sometimes it's not about you. Like, and I feel like that's... Men, men, are like, men are like that though. That's just how we are, isn't yeah, it? I, I know. And it's kind of like, just like women exist like to please themselves outside of the idea of what you think of us. And sometimes we might want to like have a girl at a party in a pool and be in bikinis and be twerking. And it's not about you. It's about us being free and feeling fun and sexy, you know? But then you think it's a case of maybe women are supposed to do that in a safe space around other women or are men just, just, we just have to grow up and just deal with it. And men, get- we shouldn't have to, we should not have to. Men should need to, men need to, to mind their business, just to mind their business. And, you know, don't, don't touch us. Just mind their business and learn to behave. That's what needs to happen. It's and hard, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown man with married with kids and stuff like that. But like, and yes, I can control myself and I know I can control my emotions. But you are still affected when you see a woman in scantily clad clothes. It's just how we wired, like, you know what I mean? And I think as well, it's just kind of learning that you're okay. To, that's okay to be attracted by it. It's okay to look and be like, wow, she's hot. But it's okay to then also reflect that you're not entitled to that woman in any way, and yeah. it's just watch and it's okay to be attracted, and that's fine. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that either. And I think it's where the boundaries get crossed is when the self entitlement comes into it. You know, oh, I can have that. I want that. That's where. And there's so many. There's so many gray areas within this. You know, nothing is black and white. There's all this gray in between that no one likes to admit or talk about as well. Yeah. So let's talk about WAP then. WAP. 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 I love it. I'm totally here. Wet, wet, pussy. I've lost it in the house. My, my people, I play it and people are like, oh, you shouldn't really play that around your daughter. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I was, I was like 13 singing my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crap. These tunes have been around. Oh, you see that, that exact same thing that you're talking about right now. I'm exactly the same because at the end of the day, kids are not perverted or perverse in any way. You are. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like in France, kids will be naked on the beach until they're like 13, 14, 15. But your fucking perception of things is what perverts the situation. Yes. I, mean, I, okay. I don't mind swearing in front of my kids, doing stuff, certain things, because I will explain to them and teach them like there's a time and place for everything. Do you know what I mean? And also how to understand these things because it's, it's people's perception. Like, oh, you need to cover up in public and this and that and whatever because uh, you have to because there's some freaks out there, but you know what I mean? Well, I, I totally agree. We project our, you know, like you see like 
younger. I mean, even my, my, I've had issues with my, my daughter recently, like because she's like trying to explore like what she likes to wear, and she might want to wear like some shorts sometimes. And me and her dad might not agree on what she's wearing, and you know, and he's doing it from a safety angle. He's thinking if she's wearing that, I don't want people looking at her. Whereas my angle is that's not that shouldn't have to be her problem. She, I shouldn't have to her exploring her expression because I'm afraid of predators. Like if you're so concerned about that as a man, you go out there and do the work and start teaching men not to objectify and sexualize girls. That is true. And also him as a person, you need to be comfortable within yourself to understand that like, yo, you know, like um, that is her just like discovering. She has no about, you know, trying to go and do whatever with some man or go off and run away and, you know, work on some... I get it at the same time as well. It's because like, I, I understand where his care and concern comes from. So I, I, I understand it. But at the same time, it's kind of like maybe just learning to reframe his mind a little bit. Because again, I was remembering some of the things that I was wearing at her age. And it's kind of like you have to go, for, you know, and unfortunately, as women, we always are hyper vigilant and alert to people watching us anyway. And I could be out in, in jeans and a coat. and It's not going to save me anymore than if I was wearing a hot pants and a bra at the end of the day women get attacked and raped wearing burkas, you know. It's not going to save you. It's not going to save you. Yeah. So I just feel like it's just going to reinstall fear in women and make them dilute who they want to be even more. That's the thing. At the same time, like for the man, it's like we understand the brain of a man and that's why we tend to be possessive in that sense because it's like, yo, this is my daughter. I know these fuckers are looking at my daughter like, you know, the meat kind of thing. But then also with a man, I feel like that is within yourself because it's the same. For me, it's something I kind of accepted years ago with my girlfriend. You know, when I was younger, I couldn't handle another guy looking at my girlfriend. But then yeah. older, you realize like they're just looking like they can't do shit. She's with you. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. There was a lot of maturity and like growth that needs to take place and conversations as well that needs to take place in order to really change your perception and change the perception of think. Yeah, absolutely. But um then you have these things like porn, you know, which wasn't as accessible. Well, I didn't even have the internet when I was in high school. So like now it's just ridiculous. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that kind of porn is a porn is a funny one for me because whilst I um I'm not against it, you know, I watch porn myself. Like I'm not mad at it. I I, I um, think sex workers who choose to do that work, again, if it empowers you and you you can make money from it and you're safe and you're happy and you're healthy, I, I'm more power to you. You know, I'm absolutely here to support it. I think again, the what what for me blurs the boundaries of the grey area with porn is there's so much content online now. We don't know where it's came from. We don't know if the person consented. You know, like you go on like some of these um, I don't know XX videos like camps. I don't know <laughs> like. Anyone, <laughs> which one's anyone, you? <laughs> I, I'm blowing myself. But like some of some of the videos, I'm kind of like, does this person even know this is you know because some of them are quite like homemade like intimate type videos, and I'm like, does this person even know this is yeah? Is this even can is this was this kind of and there was a case where um, there was um, a girl who was kidnapped and raped at 14, and and the content of her rape was put on Pornhub, and she was asking them for six months to take it down and they didn't until she pretended to be a lawyer she couldn't afford legal so she pretended to be a lawyer and they then removed it but for six months the whole world had trauma yeah i don't even know where you would begin to, to recover and heal from that 
Yeah, but I mean, this is the this is the thing though. It's like, how do you? You can't really navigate it because you don't know what is is, is, is out there. You know, there was yeah. a yeah. porn hub and um, the amount of you know underage and you know illegal stuff that's going on with that. Yeah. This is why OnlyFans is good though, because like with OnlyFans, you can support the sex worker directly. It's their content that they're uploading, and they get the money. They get the majority of the money. I know what OnlyFans take a cut, but like it goes in their pockets more. So I'm really here for. For OnlyFans, actually, I yeah. know a couple. Uh, yeah, I know a couple. Hey, a porn website. Or it's like, um, yeah, it's basically like it's sort of like an Instagram, if you like, and you can some some are free and some you have to sign up for. So you might pay like six ninety nine a month, and then you get to see all the content that that person uploads. So, for example, I know a couple um, who do porn together, and they have one, and I think you might subscribe for say like I don't know a tenner a month. And then you get to see all their content. So they'll put videos up there. They'll put pictures up. They'll put, and you know that that money is going to them and that the content is made by them. It's all consensual. It's all, it, you know, and uh, I like that idea. For adults. So is it something you would consider <laughs> at some point? And only fans. Oh, no. <laughs> not for me. I'm not mad at anyone else who does it, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've not got, I feel like I'd be too scared. No. Yeah, I suppose um, it is for people who are very out there. Yeah, and I feel like if there's any way that we're where we can, you know, sex workers are constantly getting demonized, they're constantly getting um, mal, you know, ill-treated in the industry, not getting the money they deserve. And I feel like if there's a way where people who want to enjoy porn and also want to care about people who make porn, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good way to go. I think that is because it's not something that's just going to go away, to be honest. Um, so mm. there's always appetite for sex. And again, I think it's it's a, it's a difficult one about how we protect young people who are now navigating the internet. Yeah. So accessible, like you say. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, what else can I say? That, that's uh, kind of gone through the questions that I had for you. Is there anything that you want to tell me about your music or stuff that's coming out? So, like, on the conversation? Or? Um, yeah, so the only thing is, I've, you know, my process project, it's coming out probably November time. I say probably because I'm such a procrastinator and I yeah, need to get... Don't put a date anyway because I'm not sure when this podcast will air. But... Oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, so it's going to be out soon and anyone who feels like they relate to it, they want to kind of be part of a community who is healing and recovering and growing, then come and join, basically. Well, you'll give me all your uh, your links and stuff. Also, we have a video that's coming out. I'll send you the update on the video called Underworld. Yeah. yeah. After, uh, <laughs> a couple of years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, better late than never. Yeah, that's going to be coming out. I'll put some links for that. But Olivia, thank you so much for um, coming on today. It's been... Um, Really enjoyable and nice to talk to you on a, on a personal as well. And you too. Thank you for having me. And um, people, this is The Other Side of the Sun. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. I'm the solo kid. That's Olivia Louise. Peace and love, everybody. We Ciao. Are-